everything is bigger and better in Texas, including Dallas Stars Victory Club memberships presented by Lexus. Victory Club honors generations of the most devoted Stars fans with bigger savings, better perks, and unbeatable flexibility. Become a part of history and join the loudest, greatest, and most dynamic Dallas fans by becoming a Victory Club member today. Visit DallasStars.com for more info. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. We back. Short summer. Good thing. Yes, indeed. It's Mike and Razor here to, I guess, mix it up, inform a little bit, embrace debate. That's what everybody does nowadays. And as always, cram four or five minutes of entertainment into 40 or so minutes of podcasting. So uh, here we go. Uh, we begin anew. How was the summer, Mike? Uh, I disagree with everything you said, Daryl. Isn't, isn't that how we're supposed to do these podcasts? Yeah, actually, yes, it is. But <laughs> was your summer great? Then you then you just launch. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it was terrible. It was 107 degrees. I don't, I don't know if you were around <laughs> Dallas at all, but it was awful. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was. It, 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 when people ask me, how, hey, how was your summer? I just go hot, like yeah. perennial swamp butt hot, like marinade in the pool hot, hot, hot. It was nasty. You know, I yeah. was saying to somebody, I'm sure people want to hear us talk about the weather. <laughs> talk about the uh, weather. I, I was saying to somebody, though, like I've I've been here for three decades. You've been here longer than that? Yep. The the uh, I remember hot summers, like you know, day after day of a hundred plus degrees. I do not remember a summer where it was consistently over 105, like just day after day you looked and it was like 107, 108 and relentless. But yeah, we no survived. Rains. Look at us. Look at <laughs> Look us. At us. It's supposed to be 70 uh, this week, isn't it? Exactly. And it was a short summer, which are, we always love short summers in our business Indeed. because that means they had a long season the year prior and the stars certainly did and even with the short summer uh the stars in uh in cahoots with the Mavericks uh, put up the reno sign at American Airlines Center and and gave it a freshening like the Febreze franchises they've refreshed things down there New matrix boards, new seats, uh, brand new, fresh look to the dressing room. Uh, and, you know, you start thinking the, the room itself is is a lot more 2023 now. They were stuck in the early aughts when it was built. You know, CD albums were being played in the room. Kelly Clarkson won American Idol. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson won American Idol, the first American Idol, the year that American Airlines Center was built. So yeah, it was probably due for a little, little freshening, but it it, it seems to look awesome. Yes, uh, Chip and JoJo involved there. <laughs> uh, the deep charcoal black. Uh, it's so awesome for video. You must appreciate that, Mike, for interviews in the room after. Uh, morning skate or after games, uh, that that background looks phenomenal. Makes the players themselves really pop. 
Uh, the logo's on the ceiling, not the floor, so we don't have to worry about walking on the Stars logo. Uh, of course, at center ice, it has the red line running through, but that's a completely different conversation. <laughs> the seats, which were being replaced as the – this tells you how deep the Stars went. The seats were actually being replaced as the playoffs were going on in the spring. And I must say, the the old original Grays held up really, really well when you think about the amount of cheeks that were in those seats through the years. Uh, they they held up. Uh, so that, that portion of it's a little bit darker. I always worry about goaltenders' eyes when the, the seats are dark, but with the bottom bowl sold out, uh, it's going to be victory green, and it's easy to see a puck pop off a of victory green. And then, obviously, Mike, the biggest thing, the video boards, right? They're 30% yes. bigger. If you have a zit, it's pretty clear you have a zit on that. Uh, and th- I think the guys are going to have to get used to it a little bit. I could uh, Watching the preseason game in there, I could, I could see the players. They couldn't help but notice themselves. Yeah. Because it's right there in the periphery, and it's so crystal clear. Uh, so just awesome. It, it feels, it feels like it's, it's, uh, uh, what, what they set out to put up, uh, or, or, uh, rip, not even repair, just reno freshen up. Yeah. It feels that way. Well, in, in this era, and you, you've known this for years, but the, the uh, appreciation of high definition, um, you know, we see it on our computer screens, we see it on our TV, that board, is so good on high definition. I was even talking to Brendan about our, our videos on the website. Uh, so whatever cameras they're using and, you know, however they're presenting all this information, it's just so crystal clear. And like you said, you, you really can see every blemish up there. So you got to you gotta go out there and uh, scrub up before you uh, go out <laughs> on the ice. You're going to start wearing makeup now, Mike? You're going to stop by the, the Sephora or something and pick up a little pancake? Uh, who says I'm not wearing it already? Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> it is. I'll, I'll say that though. Like HD is phenomenal, or 8K or whatever it is now. Right. But not not for everybody. Man, it it does not it, it does not uh, uh, blend or uh, fuzzify anything. Every every nook and cranny is accentuated in HD. All right, camp. So far, I I sense a, a bit of a swagger, a, a, a seriousness, a sense of belief within the stars and everybody around it. I I say the most anticipation for a, a season's possibilities since when, like the mid to late nineties. Yeah, for the, for the beginning of the season, for sure. I mean, we've had seasons that have ended up going well, but I don't think we've ever had this optimism yet since, yeah. you know, 98, 99, 2000. Yeah. I mean, they, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, and the, the similar depth in important positions. I would say the beginning of the salary cap era too, but that, you know, there was a lot of unknown because of, of the rule changes, just massive rule rule changes that that came in, but the stars were prepared and and ready to excel in that, you know, shootouts and and uh, power plays and all that. And they went they went nuts for a couple of years coming out of the the uh, lockout 05, 
06. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm not going to get ahead of the, the thing, but it does have a lot of similarities, I think, to those great teams of the, of the mid to late nineties around here. Yeah. And, and the interesting thing is that you have that veteran presence. Now you don't have the Stanley cups like they had back then, but you have this veteran presence where they kind of like it. They like, they don't mind being the team that people are shooting at. And I mean, that's how, that's how the Stanley yeah. cup champions were. They, they loved it. They loved the, you know, everybody coming after them and, and you get guys like Pavelski and Ben and, and, you know, even Tyler and, you know, some of those guys or, you know, a younger guy like Miro who says, yeah, I want to be the best. I want everyone mm-hmm. to think I'm the best in the league. Yeah, the, that note we had late last season, and Tyler puts them in that category because Sagan won the Cup with the Bruins. No team has won the Stanley Cup without a former Stanley Cup winner on it since the Flames in 1989. Wow. Isn't that a staggering nugget? Yes. Yeah. And oh, I think hot, the trade deadline helps early. in that in, in that regard as well, because I mean I think those are the types of players you do go trying to add as you get past New Year's. Well, they added some stuff in the summer, uh, getting a a real good look at organizational depth, especially at forward, and that that's really the I mean there are strengths all over the place with this team now, but. Man, you start looking at the waves of forwards that they can deploy and the fact that Pete DeBoer believes in four-line hockey. Not not just you're going to all four lines play, but we expect you to do more than just eat up 40 seconds when you're out there and give the other guys some rest. So the additions of NHL vets like like Matt Duchesne, who's the biggest one in the offseason, um, but Sam Steele, Craig Smith – Best defense is always being on offense. I, I, I believe that, and they are going to attack, and they're going to give teams fits because there really isn't going to be an opportunity for them to pause. So I'd say the best, the best defense is is a great sustained offense. And whenever Miro is on the ice, how's that? <laughs> that's a that's a good example right there. Uh, yeah, no, you're exactly right. And and the other interesting part of this is that Duchesne was available at such a you know value uh, mm. because you didn't have to to go tear things up to add a player of his magnitude. And and I love Max Domi, but I just think uh, Duchesne is in a you know, maybe just a, a step above in, in every aspect of the game. And so now if he's on your quote unquote third line with Tyler Sagan, uh, you really do have some offensive depth. Yeah. You love Max Domi? What you marry I thought him, he was, I, I actually uh, like more well, one. I, I mean, you marry I, I him, like Mike, his presence. I like the fact that he can score. Uh, I say I love in a sports way. Oh, uh, okay. Not so, I, I think you. he's, you know, he's already in a committed relationship myself. But me too. So. <laughs> uh, I love, yeah, we'll talk about relationships here in just a little bit. But before we get there, uh, I, I love, I, I think everybody loves the new boys. We, we love a lot of freshness, you know, the, the building's fresh, the room's fresh. And there are always these fresh names that are on the cusp of becoming everyday Dallas stars, right? And yep. uh, the guys you've noticed in training camp have been which names? Those guys. Uh, well, I, start the naming two are right them, Mike. Th- 
Okay, but the two that people know already that I've been really impressed with are uh, Thomas Harley and uh, Lundquist, uh, Niels Lundquist. Uh, that's your pronunciation, right? That's what you say on the broadcast. I'm embarrassed for you, but keep going, Mike. I'll keep going. So those two, I think, have really taken up, and this is another one of your favorite phrases, a step up. I think they've stepped up, the, you know, this training camp. Uh, but then you also look at guys like Bixel. Um, I know he's is it not right. I think it is. We talk to people in Traverse City and, and even the European scouts say, uh, we just call him Leon. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> what a cop out. I, I know. I think it can go either way. I, uh, who he's knows? Gonna, and I, I'm going to go I'll with say this, Mike. I'll say this. And he's, I love him. Like, yeah, they're going to sell a gazillion number six jerseys going forward. Yes. But, uh, he he's one of those guys coming in. He might be the the new version of of Langenbrunner, who was Langenberger and yes. Langenbrunner. And like, I don't know that uh, Hitchcock back in the day ever said his name the same way twice, e- even if he said it twice in the same sentence. Yeah, I think Dan um, Stuckel knew the appropriate pronunciation, and he said, "Well, Jamie is too polite. He didn't want to correct anybody." Yeah. So uh, most people just went with lags. So yeah. we'll go with Bixie. Uh, Bixie is my, good. My God. Like, I don't, I don't even care anymore. Like, I'm going to just say it. He, he looks a lot like Victor Hedman. Yeah. He looks a lot like Victor Hedman. He's smooth. He's what, 6'6", 230. And he's going to put more poundage on. He can make a play. He can protect a puck. And he's got a bit of a mean streak. Like, it's awesome. Yeah. Is he- and he's also very unique in his creativity. Like, his again, whether that's good or bad, his decision-making is not normal decision-making. He'll just stop, spin, turn, go in different directions. And I kind of like that. I kind of like yeah, the fact I, that the defense doesn't know what he's going to, or the opposing team doesn't know what he's going to be doing. Yeah. He, he's, he's a fabulous player. First-round draft pick. Good one. Another good one. Uh, Maverick Bork, I've, I've noticed every day, every day. I just, I, I'm like that, that kid's got it going on. You know, he can do so many things, right shot, center iceman quick. Uh, I asked Pete about him the other day and, and he had, he had a perfect summation of it is like last year he was just a player in camp this year. You notice him all the time. And, uh, that's another first round draft pick. Of course, my boy, my two boys from Kamloops, who've both looked good, Logan Stankoven and and Matthew Semenoff. Uh, you know, different players. Semenoff's the guy that goes to the net and gets all the, you know, he gets the mud on him a little more. And Stankoven's just a you know phenomenal young player. And the other guy I would mention that has has really caught my eye is Kyle McDonald, just because. He has size. His backstory uh, is, you know, a bit, bit of a project in, in, you know, finding fitness in that. He's only going to get better. Uh, another right shot. I, I've, I've liked him from day one at camp. It was one of those individuals that uh, always comes along and you're just kind of like, who's that? You know, who's 40? Who's number 40? Uh, those are the guys that, that of the new – name crew that I, I've really liked and, uh, you know, some of them 
are going to be, uh, some of them are going to make really, really div- difficult decisions for the brass around here at the end of camp, I would think. Yeah. And the other interesting thing is then go to Texas for, you know, however many games. And then if somebody gets hurt, uh, it's really nice to have that kind of depth at both forward and defense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we, we have to talk about it, Mike, uh, just okay. because it, it's taken over basically the nation, uh, media, social media, uh, water cooler. People still talk around the water cooler, or not so much. Around I don't the, think pe- people are even in the office. Are yeah, I was going to say uh, <laughs> talk around the talk in their pajamas on Zoom. Let's say <laughs> after, right. after they've walked uh, to pick up a nitro cold brew. The the T Swizzle uh, that that's Taylor Swift. If you're in the know, you know it's T Swizzle, and the NFL marriage mania. Uh, I mean, it it is, it's a machine, Mike. It's incredible. It really is. And I know you're a, you're a big Taylor Swift fan uh, and you love your, your uh, NFL, especially your Detroit Lions who are off to a hot start. Uh, But, but this is, this is nuts. And it got me thinking about the eventual marriage too, but the alignment of, NHL players with anybody on the celebrity scope through the years. And we don't have anywhere near enough of that. We're, we're not interesting enough on the dating front in hockey. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Now, I mean, back in the day, oh, uh, oh, I remember tell. the supermodels around the New York Rangers were Carol Alt. everywhere. Uh, yeah. Carol Alt and, was an 80s supermodel. Uh, married Ron Greshner, right? I think, yeah. Ranger, yep. And then... Cheryl and Teagues, then that, I thought, was hanging around when she was on the cover. That one dissolved Cheryl Teagues was with, uh, with Ronnie Duguay. Yes. Uh, and Carol Alt, then I, I believe she's still married to Alexi Ashen. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So, they okay, the New York Rangers had these supermodel world cornered back in the 80s then let's say that but oh and which is something else the other one would be janet jones fresh off of american anthem yes uh and now mrs wayne gretzky flamingo kid too was it was a big role flamingo kid thank you mike (laughs) but uh again we're talking mid to late 80s it's 2023 mike okay name another one since then uh, Anna Kornikova is probably a grandma by now, right? No, no, that's athlete, athlete. Okay, you, you can. That's just a normal one. That's not a supermodel. No, it's that's athlete. There, uh, I'm sure there's lots of liaisons between, you know, college soccer players and and NHL players. And, and well, there that, is so. a certain American, uh, whatever American uh, Idol uh, candidate who sings on Monday Night Football who might be married to a hockey player. Okay. Okay. Yes. She's got yeah, you know, Carrie the, Underwood. The, the sport has gotten a little bit of buzz from that, but yeah. certainly not Taylor yeah. Swift level. Yeah, no, that's right, that's can a, tell good you a little aside here. So I'm, you know, trying to tr- trying to watch the stars or catch up with the stars last night, and my wife's got the football game on, so I go into the other room and I go, "Oh, look, it's Taylor Swift again." And then you're like, "Oh yeah, and Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and 
Like oh, I was I just shocked at the amount of star power in that whatever. Blake Lively. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the girl, Joe Jonas, uh, the girl from Game of Thrones was in there. Wow. Don't, don't be so specific, Mike. <laughs> Sophie Turner. There you go. Queen of the there North. You go. Yeah. They broke up. Well, we're turning into like E! News here. <laughs> uh, that Look, here's my point. I think hockey players on, on mass in general are the most handsome athletes on planet earth. We're, you know, that we have the most handsome fellas. They're, they're relatively normal sized. They, they rock the best flow in that. Uh, they're, they're cordial. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're, they, what do we need, Mike? Do we need a show, The Bachelor on Blades or something? Is that what we need to wouldn't, get in? Wouldn't be a bad. Uh, I think the mass Singer's having all their NFL guys on there, so we should uh, see get what I mean. Joke. <laughs> see what I mean? We don't market these guys, these handsome fellas. How have the Kardashians not been courted? Good by question. By the NHL. I mean, and they're very I'm fashionable. If you look at Rope and, and all these other shots oh of guys coming into the arena, they are very yes. plugged into high fashion. Yeah, but you can't take your, your sport or your individual brand to the next level and, and unless you get a union like we're witnessing right now between T-Swizzle and Travis Kelsey. They have they combined the names yet? I don't even know. No, if it's we real. haven't seen that yet. We've no. not seen a benefit or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, good fun. Uh, staying in the same vein, Mike, the okay. WWEification of football coaches right now uh, has me has me longing and hoping for some of that to dribble into our hockey world here in the in the 2023-24 season and going forward. I think my point here on preseason pod man rush number one is that we, we, we can't be as dull and as careful and boring as, as we've been. This is sports entertainment. We, we need a little bit of uh, sizzle to go along with our – got tons of steak. But we need some sizzle. Sell. So you've got – You've got Dion, and that has been fabulous to watch uh, in Boulder. But it seems like uh, everybody is is going all in on outrage, right? Like, and they're not shy uh, of microphones and that. Like, thin skin, translucent skin. I would say, is it honesty <laughs> or is it is it contrived? I'm not sure. Hockey coach quotes: Our hockey coaches almost always dull and careful and, and a word salad. They are masters of talking and saying nothing that that's kind of what they do. And, and for the most part, you understand why uh, almost always, if they do spout off, it's about or to a media member, not other yeah. coaches or players or anything. And uh, I, I just, I wonder whether some of what's gone on in in the old uh, pigskin forum is going to transfer into everything else. 
Well, I think even when you look at the player celebrations and things of that nature, uh, the there are other sports that embrace that a lot more than hockey. Hockey is a humble sport, so to speak. You don't, yeah. you know, you don't too try humble. and bring the spotlight to your. You may be right. It may be too humble because the, yeah. the society is changing, and I think you know that's the same with social media. That's the same with political parties. It's about who can I'm, yell the loudest. Yes, and, and I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm no, just saying but, it's the thing right now. Correct. Yeah, and it. I'm with you to the certain point of. I don't know how much of it's real. And at some point yeah. in time, if it's not real, it hits the wall. Um, I do I do love the old days when you get Mark Crawford and Scotty Bowman wanting <laughs> to kill each other. You know, that was real. And if you get that, I, I, you know, it would be interesting. The other, the other part that we've lost is fighting is pretty much gone, you know, during the regular season or, or very limited. Uh, right. And so we don't have that anger uh, in it. Okay. The, the one thing that sets people off is a potential hit that could cause an injury. But, and then that gets tempers flared. Right. But, Mike, if, if the physical violence is going away, then shouldn't that ramp up the verbal violence to replace it? I would love it. Yes. I'm a, I'm a media member. Hey, I want this. Yeah, you need, you need good guys and bad guys. You know, what, what did they say? They, uh, way, way back... When the Superman comics began, they never really sold until they came up with kryptonite. Ah. You, you need a foil. You need, you need, you need uh, again, you need guys in black hats and, and white hats. Yeah. Good, bad. And you need to drum up some of this stuff uh, outwardly. Not uh, Look, lots of this stuff gets said between the benches and in rooms. I mean, that's... That's a fascinating part of our sport. Like if you could ever, well, and then there's, there's got to be parameters and borders. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. Everyone would get fired. Right. <laughs> uh, but I just wish they would be a little more loose. I always feel uh, really sorry for today's coaches because we, we, the, the media, uh, ask them to talk so much. Like they, they, I don't blame them for just being vanilla because yes. they have to talk every day, day after day. I, I don't understand why, you know, it's like the, the in-game coaches interviews. It's, you know, player interviews after periods. It's uh, the major league baseball uh, throwing a headset on the manager w within the game and that like they're, they're not going to send some explosive quotes out into the, ether uh they're they're just going to facilitate something that they're being told they have to do and and i think it i think it it uh it cripples some of the verbal creativity that would make it a little bit more interesting on on that level yeah and i i do think that by nature the hockey coach the nhl head coach is very cautious they they want as little distraction controversy as possible so it's fine yeah. we as media members we've actually suggested well why don't you have the assistant coach talk this day then another assistant coach talk this day then you talk this day and most coaches we've talked to don't want that they want control of all information that comes out of the locker room yeah yeah, I mean, they want to control the narrative, understandably yeah. so. I just wish every now and then it was just a little more flowery. Yes. Just just a few more little 
little sound, little little something to to build it up. Uh, and I guess we get a little bit more of that come playoff time, right? Yeah. A little bit. Uh, well, and when just, you play somebody seven times yeah, or six times, yeah, yeah. whatever it is, uh, yeah, the, yeah. the feelings do start to bubble to the top. Yeah, yeah. But we've got six months and 82 games to try to fuel some of this stuff. Maybe it's your right. questioning and uh, and that. My questioning's very weak. Yeah, maybe you need gotta, some, some more gotcha questions in there. Okay. Get them talking that way. Uh, yeah, I, you made a good point though, Mike. That if if it if it's not real, if it's contrived in football, in that then it doesn't have a lifespan. It's not going to yeah. have legs. Like it'll run its course in a hurry. Uh, and and to be honest, a lot of it has come after games, uh, not. Not before games. I mean, some of the Dion stuff, I guess, before games. But most of it comes after games, and they're not going to see that team again, right? Which makes it easy. And I've I was explaining this to somebody else the other day that in in hockey you don't get a lot of it because you're going to see them again. You you can do it in football. You're done for the year with them, but you you might see that you know the Flames. We might see them again on the weekend. Uh, so everyone's always kind of careful with what they say through the media. Not so careful with what they say to one another within the game, <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, speaking of in the game, uh, a couple things we're going to try to do this year on the Podman Rush: uh, Razor in the Raw. I don't. It's a working title. Uh, Razor's rant, whatever it is, uh, just as if we didn't just spout off about a useless topic. Uh, and then Mike's must reads. Uh, <laughs> you write a lot. Speaking of coaches talking a lot, you write a lot of stuff. Oh my so, gosh, way too uh, much. Best of Mike Heike. Uh Look, this this is something that that I've been tracking for a while, and uh, it's it's in arena announcements. All apologies to Jeff K. This is not Jeff K. Slander. We love Jeff. It's merely. Posing the question, why do we announce goals and penalties the way we do still? Now, this is what happens when I don't do the game. I sit in the press box and I watch the preseason game. Uh, you know why we do these announcements the way we do them right now? Because it's always been done that way, which is not a very good phrase in, in human history. We, we need to grow. We need We need to morph. We need to... We need to become more modern with what we do. And the, the, the big problem with this is they, we over-announce things. So I've, I've said this to my own people. You, you have a penalty. Let's say it's two minutes for tripping. So I'll spout on the broadcast probably, you know, there's going to be a tripping call, whatever. We fixate a camera on the referee. He comes over to the... Penalty box area, clicks on his mic, mentions you know, number five, Dallas, two minutes tripping. Then we show the penalty tripping. Meantime, they don't announce it in the arena, uh, the arena announcer. They wait until action begins again, and then they announce the penalty, which has already been announced in arena by the referee. That's why we have them announce it in the arena. Seems like overkill, does it not? Oh, yes. Yes. There's a lot of issues there in how, now, how they do things. Yeah, right. 
Uh, goals, same thing. So uh, a goal is scored, and then uh, the we all see they they replay it on the video. My my, I think my big thing here is that the video boards were not a part of things in 1969, and that and that's when you know just to in case somebody missed it the first uh, run through, we'll we'll just say it again. You know, the penalties on number five and penalties on number five, two minutes. Yeah. Because you can't watch it again. You, it's not announced by the referee and all that. Same thing with goals. Goal scored by, you know, number 23, blah, 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 assist to so-and-so and so-and-so and the time of the goal. We all just watched it. We watched it again in replay on the big board. And uh, it's it's displayed up on the big board. And then it's announced again, goal uh, scored by number 23, twice. Again, they wait until action begins again. There could be a a four-minute delay and wait until they start playing hockey again and then announce it. And what happens is, what you don't want and what we try to steer from on this podcast is talking over one another. Try to wait. You wait for me, I wait for you. Same thing if we had three, five people on here. What happens is the announcer, the arena announcer starts announcing these things and they're putting their twist on it, which is part of today too. There's a little more punch to the home side than that for good reason. And that voice is going on in the background as the call, the call of the play going again is going on on the broadcast. And it just just seems like it's a a sort of cacophony of voices and sound in that, and then it, and then it goes away, and and for no reason should be more succinct. Uh, and and uh, we have to understand that there are video, you know, video killed the radio star. <laughs> that was it by the Buggles back in the day. I just wanted I wanted a little more succinct. Well, and again, there need, excuse me, there needs to be separation. Did I choke you up there? A little bit. The people on TV do not need to know what's being announced in the arena. The people in the arena are not watching TV. So like one of your points is like they could go to a TV timeout or something after a goal. And we're just sitting there. Hey, didn't they just score a goal? And they wait until action starts. And I don't know why. Is it to get the announcement? I don't. Again, Mike, I think. Because it's always been done that way. Yeah, I guess so. And nobody and, you know, sits and, and watches that during preseason games and thinks to themselves, you know, we could probably do that differently nowadays, especially yeah. with a, a new 30% bigger uh, scoreboard at Center Ice. Yeah, they, they fixed all those the things. Yeah, they fixed yeah. the locker room. They fixed the scoreboard. <laughs> can't, they, can't they fix the announcement? All right. What? <laughs> Again, not a Jeff K thing. Just a, no, no, not him at all. No, this an, is just a, just a history of the NHL of announcement. Thing. Overkill of announcements. That's of right. It's like you're not mad at the penalties. ice guy for putting that red stripe down the middle. No, it's not his no, fault. No, that's his job. <laughs> exactly. Good point. Mike's must read. What should listeners search for and consume, Mike? Uh, well, I actually enjoy doing the player profiles, just a little tiny bits during the summer. Uh, right, there's which nothing one else to read. Of? Uh, Well, all of them I thought were great, Uh, but I'm going to go to a different story more recently uh, because I asked a question to like 12 different people. Can what you did with Wyatt Johnston 
be used this year for Stan Coben, for anybody. And they basically well, they're all going to live with Pavelski. Now, you know what I'm saying. Can you learn lessons of how Wyatt Johnson was supported and trained and the process to bring a 19-year-old into the league and your hand was forced because he either had to stay here for the whole season or he had to go back to junior hockey. There was no, Mm -hmm. you get to go down to the HL for 10 games or 15 games or whatever. And so did that process create ideas that maybe you can use for other guys? And they basically said, everybody I've talked to said, no. That was special that, Mm -hmm. you know, one, Pete and Joe's uh, relationship, you know, I think this basically came from Pete, maybe from Jim Nil too, but they were like, we got to help this kid. And so then Pete, I think, talked to Joe and said, can you help me help this kid? And the fact that all those personalities were on the same page and all came together, uh, it was a very unique situation. And I think it, it helped Wyatt Johnston enormously. Pete said at the end of last year that he's going to look back in 10 years and and just think how lucky he was uh, that this all played out this way. Um, But it's interesting in the process of, you know, doing that story, then you start looking at guys like Thomas Harley. And, you know, he had to go to the HL three different times for it to finally click for him. And you're like, well, couldn't you have done something, you know, different for him? And they're like, no, you have to take each rookie individually. Uh, you look at Rope. Uh, he wasn't, I went down and watched him in the play. Rope was not just a dynamic player in the HL and he had to kind of grow into that position. Uh, Robertson, uh, you know, you would have thought, okay, well, he could have just jumped right in and played in the NHL. He kind of needed that year. And so each one of these prospects are different. And I, I know the reason I asked this question is because the readers, the fans, they all have opinions on the young players on how they should be developed and why isn't this guy here right now? And I think if you look at the organization, I mean, we have some mistakes. We have some guys who fell through. Uh, uh, we saw some of those guys in Colorado last night. Uh, but I think they have a pretty good track record of finding the right buttons to push to get that young player, that 19, 20-year-old, to become a really good 22 or 23-year-old. So I like that story. I like the process of, of talking to people about it and, and just seeing all the different opinions. All right, I'm I'm confused. What what is the what is the must read? Which one? Oh, <laughs> uh, it should. Be I think some. I think you just I think you just explained all the must reads. I'm trying to that, drive that was traffic. One, that was one to story. Stars.com, ah, that was one story that ran uh, last week. Uh, I need to get the headline on it. I'll tweet it out. How's that sound? Right. Have you ever been there on you Twitter? Go. You're multi-platform. Well, it's X. It's X now. Yeah. Well, it's X and, and many other ones as well. You need to get on more <laughs> platforms. I don't uh, like look, other platforms. Uh, do you remember a year ago, the questions that uh, we were we were posing uh, and you, you sort of touched on it? One of them was, will some or any of the kids push for employment? Who, who knew that Wyatt Johnston was going to have the year that he had last year at this time, right? Right. Which vets will excel in in DeBoer's system? Uh, you know, I, and then Jamie has uh, the season that he had. Jamie Ben, uh, you know, and Robo R- Robertson wasn't even in training camp. Remember how no. how long till uh, Robertson returns to the fold was a question last year. At it's gonna, this time. he's going to get off to a slow start. I'm telling you, yeah, Dave. yeah, it's good, man. <laughs> he's going to have to learn a brand new system. <laughs> everything uh and and like us uh but not or or like the year before pardon me uh but not really Uh, there were some questions in the crease 
at this time last yeah. year, just because Hadobin, you know, you're wondering what was going on with him and and all that, and then Jake, Jake has, never really played a full season. Yeah, Jake has the season that he has. So um, more questions than answers, Mike. That's what that's what we pose here in the preseason pod man rush and this season on the pod we're gonna we're gonna try to incorporate uh stars fans question or two because uh, that's what we want to do mike we want to give the people what they want not what you think they need you understand i've always told you i'm a man of the people you are you're a tool for the people is what you tell <laughs> a me tool for the people uh we're gonna do the pow uh player of the week or pod man of the week. I don't know which way we go with that. Uh, and then I would like to keep tabs on the most media friendly stars player this season. Okay. And actually have an award for him. Okay. And maybe even a guest slot on the pod man rush. That would be wonderful. Wouldn't that? It would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, there's some, there's some working titles that I'm, that I'm going through. Uh, the but Jamie Ben we'll, award. will. <laughs> Yes, that would that'd be very ironic. Uh, Mike, oh, he's, he's always friendly. He's yeah, just brief. Ironic. <laughs> uh, so a reminder to all of Micah's, uh, Micah's, Heike's hubris. On, That's uh, it. I, I always like to shine the spotlight on me. Yeah, Heike's, Heike's articles on DallasStars.com. And uh, a reminder to follow me also on Instagram. I'm at Razor for Real with a number four uh, for perhaps an Instaporium post game this season. I'm Ooh, not sure. I'm not sure. That is a tease. I'm not sure. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do with this one. It's preseason, Mike, for us. And we, uh, we covered some ground here. There's an excitement and an anticipation for this Stars team in this season. And uh, looking forward to uh, covering it all with you and everybody involved. And I think it's going to be a rather special campaign. So peace and power plays uh, to everyone. Mike, I'll give you the final word. Is there anything else you'd like to touch on? Uh, well, in the words of uh, Columbo, uh, oh, there's just one. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I'm with you, Daryl. I'm very excited about this. Uh, you know, it's funny that you talked about 98, 99. There's that feeling there. And there's that feeling among the players. I think there's that feeling among management. And there's feeling around you and I. This could be very fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to just the sense. You get, you get a sense at, at camp and through the preseason, right? You yeah. just get kind of a kind of a sense it sometimes you can get fooled you know maybe they they look better than they actually are or uh they're not as bad as you know that they are in the preseason they're again i just go with there seems to be a polished kind of professionalism and and i i think swagger gets overused and yet as close as they were last year and as well as they played consistently last season in basically all facets and now they're deeper than what they were a year ago and the hope is that they stay as healthy as they stayed a year ago and uh, see what kind of damage they can they can do throughout the regular season and um they're certainly a, a favorite to win it all this season yeah and 
and their window might be for a few seasons here. It is. I mean, it is wide open, the window. There is no screen yeah, in there. They, We're not worrying young- about mosquitoes. No screen, <laughs> window wide open, let it flow. If these young players can develop, like we talk about defense being an issue, boy, it sure looks like some of these players coming up on defense could be really, I mean, you could have, you know, a group of 25-year-olds and everybody looking around going like, well, that's the best defense in the league. Yeah. Yeah. With the best defenseman in the league leading them. Correct. Yep. Uh, You're the best writer in the league, Mike. You really are. You're the best (laughs) writer. You know what? You're the best writer on DallasStars.com. I I don't want to get it too deep. Um, Josh Clark might have an argument with that. Yeah, well, he's not there yet. You're you're the leader. You're my leader. I appreciate you. Thanks for doing this from your car in your garage (laughs) uh, and leaving the car turned off, but your interweb and internet on uh, or hotspot or whatever it was. You sound great. You look terrific. Stars fans, should be a special season here in North Texas and looking forward to it. Mike, until next week, that's the Podman Rush. Bye, Tom. You've been listening to The Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. Oh, my God. There's John Sponsler. The wait is over. The stars are aligned. And Texas hockey is back. Start away. Robertson scores! Bigger and better than ever. The Dallas Stars return to American Airlines Center for their home opener Thursday, October 12th to take on the St. Louis Blues. And you won't want to miss a single shot, hit, or save. What a save! How in the world? In what promises to be a dynamic season. Secure your seat now at DallasStars.com.